This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, this is Andy. And Samantha. And welcome to Steph Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are thrilled to once again be joined by our friend, colleague, sometimes researcher on the show, Joey. Thanks so much for joining us, Joey. We're so excited. Hi, hey. for sure. For yes, sure. we had so much fun <laughs> in the last episode you were on where we, we talked about America Chavez and the MCU. And in that, I we learned hinted, so much. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> are vital for our Marvel information needs. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah. we teased that you would be coming back in a very much... Uh, looked forward to episode on Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch. And that is this episode, and we are very excited. There's a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> There's a lot of ground to cover, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be back. Wanda is one of my favorite characters. I'm always excited to talk about her. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a little less of a deep dive into her character and more of a just... Uh, Talking about how she's she's been portrayed over the years and and how she's been portrayed in the MCU, which is a interesting topic. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of facial yeah. expressions there's going on, of- listeners. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> a lot of pregnant pauses and interesting uh, facial expressions. Yeah, because uh, honestly, though, I only know one perspective. So when you brought uh, Wanda, and you're like, did you know? And I was like, no, I didn't. What? <laughs> and mm-hmm. as I am about to embark on this journey for anybody who would be newbies like myself, we're going to have to hold on to our seats because it's a whole lot of new information. <laughs> It's true. For sure. For sure. I'm just prepping. Yes. Yes. And I do want to say, I know I sent you some messages, Joey, after your episode came out, but people have written mm-hmm. in and they are very excited. People do love this character very passionately. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And yes. you just went to Comic Con, right? And you saw some, I did. some Wandas. I did. Yes. I saw a lot of Wandas. Um, I did go to a New York Comic Con. This past weekend, um, on Sunday, I was dressed up as Wiccan. <laughs> um, yes, Wanda Maxwell's son. Amazing. So if you saw me, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was funny. I got a message like on TikTok right after that was like, "Oh my god, I saw you!" And I was like, too intimidated to say hi. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm the least intimidating person on the planet. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but it was it was super fun. I took some fun pictures with a bunch of, them, of Wanda and Wanda and Vision cosplayers that was very cute. So yes. had a lot of fun. Um, and again, yeah, I, I'm super excited to do this episode. I do love Wanda Maximoff. She is one of my favorite characters. I'm about to criticize her character a lot. So I just want that <laughs> right off the bat. I do love her. She is one of my favorite characters. Um, that being said, there's a lot of interesting kind of things to talk about, I think, with her, which I would love to kind of go into, yeah. And I think that's a great point to make, uh, is that you can love something and you can love a character um, and still critique it, have criticism, criticisms of it, want it to be better. Um, with that being said, um, just a heads up so listeners know what to expect. Joey, what are some of the kind of heavier things we're going to get into? Yes, so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about anti-Romani racism in particular, and also anti-Semitism and some of the history of that, um, and also kind of how that's appeared in in a lot of, like, pop culture over the last couple decades. So, heads up about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And before we get into this, can you give a brief, like, (laughs) a history of how you got into Scarlet Witch? Do you remember when you were introduced to her, why you fell in love with her? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I don't totally know. Um, I think, like, I remember her showing up in a lot of the, like, cartoons that I watched. I think, like, the, the old, like, X-Men cartoon. And, like, I think she should, I don't know. I grew up watching, like, the the old, like, 2000 X-Men movies. I think she, she's either she's mentioned like or, like, shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 99. Um, (laughs) I'm really sorry. That's old to me. I'm really sorry. No, you are great. I'm just having an existential crisis. Keep going. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Totally understandable. Um, I, (laughs) I, I think I got more into comics when I was like a teenager and she was... Again, like, Young Avengers was one of the first series that I read, and I, she's a huge part of that. And I I thought, I've always been really into, like, witches in particular, so I thought that was really cool. Um, then ended up finding out she's actually Jewish, technically, in the comics, which I thought was cool. Um, later found out she was actually supposed to be Romani, too, which I want to talk 
a lot about <laughs> that and kind of how that has been portrayed um, in the comics and then not portrayed in the movies. Uh, but yeah, I think I think she's a she's a really fun character. She's again like she's been very popular lately. I think for very good reason. Uh, she's a super powerful female character, which is super fun. She has a really cool look. I think the Scarlet Witch is a really cool name. Uh, and again, like I think witchcraft is always something that is super popular in pop culture. Um, it's also becoming more and more popular as like a spiritual practice uh, for a lot of people, um, particularly I think young people and women and, and queer folks. That's actually something really cool. I think I've seen about her character recently is I've seen a lot of queer folks in particular that have uh, kind of latched onto her character because she's she's a very cool kind of I don't know I think she could very easily be read as an allegory for a lot of that kind of stuff so yeah yeah we love one oh, I love doing that kind of thing <laughs> no yes we better not get on that rabbit hole though because we got a lot of stuff to talk about definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> so can you give us a bit of background about this character for sure yeah so Wanda Maximoff originally appeared in X-Men number four in March 1964. So she was showed up as a character pretty quickly in the X-Men series. And she originally was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which later was changed to Brotherhood of Mutants, because I think that was a little too on the nose, um, which was led by Magneto. That was kind of the group of mutants that were opposed to the X-Men. They were more focused on creating a mutant supremacist group rather than, you know, assimilating into... X-Men is super interesting. I'm not going to get into that <laughs> right now, but um, yeah, she's she's part of the evil, quote-unquote, uh, mutant group. Um, unlike Magneto and a lot of the other members, she and her twin brother, Quicksilver, were more reluctant villains. The duo uh, originally joined the group after they were driven out of their village due to their powers. And Magneto saves the twins from an angry mob, and they sort of saw the Brotherhood as their best chance at safety and protection from, you know, a lot of the anti-mutant. And then also, which later I'm going to get more into, they're both of Romani ancestry, and a lot of that's tied into kind of how they were seen by the community they're from. They're from... They changed it a couple times, um, <laughs> either Serbia or a fictional country called Transia, which basically is supposed to be Serbia. So, I don't know, Eastern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so over the years, if you know anything about X-Men comics, you know, there's two major, again, there's two major mutant kind of ideologies. One is led by Professor X, and it seeks to assimilate into non-mutant society. And the other is led by Magneto, and he, Magneto kind of goes back and forth sometimes, which leans more in the humankind is never going to accept mutants. We need to just completely separate from the human world. And then sometimes he also is more like, we need to be the superior, like, dominant group over humankind. Magneto's another fun character. <laughs> um, <laughs> was Scarlet Witch ever introduced in any of the movies of the X-Men movies? Just wondering if I missed it somehow. Because I, I know, obviously, Quicksilver was a few times, but... Yeah, um, I think she's, like, really briefly mentioned at one point. Okay. But, I, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I think it was just, like, I remember her in, like, the uh, cartoons. Abort. She does. Okay. Yeah, she also, I mean... 
the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are interesting. I think some of that actually was because of like the weird like Fox wow. owning some characters and Disney okay. owning others yes. because <laughs> technically they are also yeah because <laughs> they do become Avengers at one point. So I think I don't know they parent trapped it I guess and put one <laughs> twin with one group and one with the other. I don't know. I love that. This is a descriptor. Parent trapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, they eventually do, the twins become Avengers, uh, they switch sides, and kind of from that point, they're they're both sort of, they go back and forth between being anti-heroes and sometimes villains, uh, they both, you know, they're separate characters, they kind of do their own thing, uh, but yeah, I, I, Wanda is one of those characters, I think she is definitely motivated by like a tendency to want to help people that being said however i think she is you know the x-men are an allegory for a lot of things um (laughs) i think or i don't know have claimed to be an allegory for a lot of things anybody who's sort of outside of mainstream society whether that be people of color or queer people um how effective that allegory is is another story (laughs) but um i think Wanda's a really interesting character, kind of similar to Magneto, and that she has an identity that's sort of beyond her mutant identity that kind of makes her a target already. Magneto, he's, again, he's Jewish. He was a Holocaust survivor. Uh, The Scarlet Witch, she's a Romani woman who, um, and obviously Pietro also is, Pietro's her twin. I don't know if I said his full name. Um, (laughs) He's also Romani, but I don't know. Wanda tends to get targeted a lot more, which I think is interesting. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag-A-Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. 
pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm confused already. Here we go. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm like... (laughs) Because, Because, like, okay, so this take is saying that Magneto just protected them. But from what I was gathering, I thought Magneto was possibly the father? Yeah, we're getting to that. <laughs> okay, yes. So this other introduced. Yeah, this other introduced. Yeah, so in the 1980s, I believe they revealed that Magneto is actually the twins' father. Uh, the twins' parentage was sort of a mystery for a while. They Their adopted parents were... Romani, and they grew up in a Romani community, but they didn't know who their birth parents were. Uh, So Magneto (laughs) was their father, who again is a Jewish Holocaust survivor, and their mother is a woman named Magda, who was a Romani Holocaust survivor who had died in childbirth. This, again, was their backstory then for like the next 30 years. And then because it's Marvel, they have changed it again recently. Um... This gets a bit complicated. I don't know. I I think they did this to try and match it up with the movies a bit more. But around 2005, they made it so that Magneto is not actually their father. Also, they're not mutants technically anymore. Their powers come from like a weird combination of genetic experiments and also inherited magical abilities. Um, Their adoptive parents, who are uh, Django and Maria... Maximoff were actually their biological aunt and uncle, and their mother was a Romani woman named uh, Natalia Maximoff. I don't think they ever say who their father was. Again, this was like, they did this in like 2015. There were like 30 years of comic books of them being related to Magneto and a lot of, you know, building off on that relationship. So I'm not totally sure. It's it's Marvel again. Who's to say what they're doing? <laughs> and yeah, our classic uh, Marvel disclaimer. We didn't give it, but it's so complicated oh, yeah. to try to explain <laughs> these characters when they change quite frequently, rebooted, reinvented, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I totally forgot that they did that until I was 
researching yeah. this character again. Because I, I, again, who's this? They, they change things all the time. But yeah, so technically now they're no longer mutants, which I don't know. They were part of the X-Men for years, but whatever. Um, they're also no longer Jewish. That was never like a huge part of their character. But again, like, at least for me, and I know like a lot of other Jewish comic book fans, they were always like some of the few Jew- like very explicitly Jewish characters that Marvel had. Um, they are, however, still Romani, which again... When we talk about the Maximoffs, <laughs> um, there's a complicated history of stereotypes about Romani people uh, that have made their way into their story, and then also within the movies, kind of taking away that identity and whitewashing them. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, let's get into that more, because um, I know you have a, a lot... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so then now they have a new backstory, yeah? So <laughs> I'm going to need you to go ahead and start at the beginning of that, because what? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So as of right now, they are not mutants. They were experimented on as children. I guess, again, like, if you've seen the movies, I think they were sort of trying to match it up with that. Um, they, out, however, also did inherit powers from their family, which, again, I don't think I've gotten into this yet, but um, Wanda is a reality bender. She can do magic and all these things. They've always sort of interpret, like, um, included magic into her powers, but as of the story now, uh, her powers come from, like, these magical abilities rather than genetics, I guess. I don't know, whatever the X-Men thing was supposed to be. <laughs> um, Quicksilver is, uh, he has super speed. I don't know if they've totally explained how that factors in, but whatever. It's still somehow connected to magic. So according to this new story, powerful magic abilities have run in their family, and various of their ancestors have taken on the title of Scarlet Witch, including their mother, Natalia, um, or also their grandfather was the Scarlet Warlock, which is the male version of that. Um, I don't know. I I feel like they could have just kept it as Scarlet Witch, but <laughs> whatever. Gender roles, I guess. Okay, so they're no longer mutants. They we have we have jumped from. This is how I'm going to put this in my box. They've jumped away from X Men to Avengers to being tested, but also already enhanced, which is what we saw. And and I know this is not the same as comics, so I'm, but this is how I'm connecting it. In one division, where it finally comes out, she was always a witch, and that her background has always been witch because even when she was a child, the reason she and her brother were saved was because of her yes. magic, yes. right? Okay, All right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> now, what's um, his name? Petro <laughs> may have had speed, but magic? Yes. Um, it's okay. somehow also connected to magic, but also I think part of it was like on the experiments. It's... Okay. It's Marvel. Did it enhance uh-huh. it maybe or it something? Probably like, is that it. That's supposed probably, to be yeah. like that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to assume that. I'm going to pretend like I know that. Uh okay. And so Magneto is now out of the picture. Yes, the Magneto picture? is now out of the picture uh, <laughs> okay. as of the comics going forward. Right. I don't know how I feel about and that. And they're not Jewish I, anymore. <laughs> they're not Jewish anymore, yes. They were never very like Magneto's always been a very explicitly Jewish character. Um, right. I think they've always been, you know, had Jewish ancestry, but 
Yeah. I, I again, don't really agree with, don't love that decision to kind of de-associate them with Magneto and all of that, but right. that's the canon right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, they are, but they still remain Romani, still even Romani. though I know it as yes. Sokovia for some, because of yeah, the Yeah, they movie. changed it to Sokovia for the movie. Which, so I don't know why. It's a whole different conversation. Want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've caught up. <laughs> I've caught up, I think. I, I, now I have the parallel universes going through. Because I, th- you need to know, doing WandaVision, I was texting Annie going, what the hell just happened? God. It was yeah. a lot of questions. I had, a, I had so many questions. It was hilarious. <laughs> Which this is where we're at. That's, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like is WandaVision coming back to the canon of the newer canon the 2005 era canon. I think so, yeah. So that's, again, okay. kind of, I'm going to talk a bit later about some of the okay. 2000, early 2000s, 2010 comics that inspired WandaVision um, that okay. are interesting. I think that delves a lot more into also some of the criticism of like misogyny and how that plays a role in Wanda's character. In. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before that, this is probably a good place to talk about kind of the history of witchcraft and how, like, witches have been portrayed in film, uh, which, again, I think is a really interesting topic. I love all things with witches. That being said, yes. there's a bit of a complicated history <laughs> behind it. Yes. When she was introduced in 1960, she was called Scarlet Witch. She was called Scarlet Witch, yes. Okay. Because according to what I've seen, she wasn't actually called Scarlet Witch until WandaVision, which was... Mu- and then it really embraced her witchcraft, correct-ish? Yes. For the TV non-comic person here. Oh, Annie's got a finger up. Well, also, that that I do know is based on uh, legalese that I love talking about. But that was when the, uh, Disney was like, oh, guess what? We own 20th century now. <laughs> So it was kind of a double. <laughs> I think okay, they did that so on that purpose, is... story-wise, but it was very much like, "Oh, we own these characters now, <laughs> yeah, so we can okay. actually use that name." <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I so can talk about that forever. <laughs> I love every bit of this, but I love witches, so let's get into it. Yes, yes. I was going to say, I I did love. Re- I hmm, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to say which show, but one of the shows they they did drop the M word. They which did. Was, it, it was a little funny from, yeah, like from the legal perspective yes. of having them. It was it was very much a like, ha, we could say this now and not get sued. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyways, which is um, the other side of that. <laughs> so, yes, Wanda's a witch. That has been part of her character since the beginning, kind of how that is, you know, Originally, as like her being perceived as a witch, but really her powers were rooted more in science. And then now they're taking the more witchcraft route, which Marvel always sort of will blur the lines between science and witchcraft, which I think, or magic, I guess, which it's it can be fun. Um, but yeah, that being said, her character is wrapped in a lot of very complicated and intersecting stereotypes um, about witchcraft. And rather than using her on-screen appearance as an opportunity to unravel a lot of these and potentially subvert a lot of these stereotypes, they kind of just decontextualized her character um, and whitewashed her. So, yes. Again, Wanda's character (laughs) was originally supposed to be Jewish and Romani. 
I think. The Romani identity kind of is a lot more where a lot of these criticisms took place, but really quick with the history of Jewish people and witchcraft, which I think, obviously, I think a lot of people understand, like, the history of misogyny and, uh, you know, heteronormativity that is involved in the history of, like, the witch hunts. Um, I don't think as many people know that anti-Semitism was also a huge factor um, from an article from Hey Alma that's called The Anti-Semitic History of Witches. Uh, the quote is, misogyny was undeniably a major motive for the execution of somewhere 40,000 to 100,000 people across three centuries of witch hunting in Europe. However, the popular construction of female witches, as we think of them today, didn't truly pick up until 1450 to 1750. Prior to that, witch was a catch-all term that referred to a wide variety of accused heretics or generally non-conforming others, such as Jews. And a lot of the myths and stereotypes when we think of witches actually come from anti-Semitic stereotypes. Another quote from that article, uh, after 1215, Jews were required to wear distinguishing cone-shaped Juden hut. I, I can't speak whatever language that is, I'm sorry, uh, which made Jews visible targets for anti-Semitism. So that's where you get kind of the witch's hat stereotype. The article also pointed out that the fear of, quote-unquote, the witch's Sabbath was directly a reference to the Jewish Sabbath or Shabbat. This is a whole other topic, but we can totally go into how Wicca and a lot of kind of neo-pagan practices have appropriated this term now from <laughs> Jewish culture. I'm not going to get into that. That is a whole other discussion. Um, so yeah, there's definitely an interesting history there. The misogyny element does exist. Obviously, regardless of your ethnic background, women were often persecuted as witches if you sort of fell outside of the patriarchal norm. But if you were a woman of color, if you were a Jewish woman, if you were any other ethnic minority in Europe, you were more likely to be targeted. Um, and men, too. It wasn't just women if you were part of that other identity. So then Romani people, on the other hand, um, this definitely, I think, is like a lot more complicated of history. Um, from a National Organization of Women article from 2017, um, the quote, the media offers two stereotypes of Romani women, the beggar who is dirty and exploiting social welfare and a hypersexualized magical being who threatens the patriarchy. And again, hypersexualized magical being who threatens the patriarchy could very clearly be describing Wanda Maxwell. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Additionally, I think there was a really interesting quote from uh, Georgia State University dissertation uh, written by Melanie Cobert on the representation of Romani people in contemporary media. And she called anti-Romani racism the last acceptable form of racism, which I think is incredibly telling. She also goes on to state that this racism is perpetrated through media, leaving many with, at, le at the very least, questions regarding Romani lives and existence, and at the very worst, racist ideologies that were created centuries ago. So again, Wanda embodies a lot of these stereotypes. She is hypersexualized. Her magic is rooted in a lot of vague ideas about chaos and destruction and stereotypes about Romani people having magical powers. That being said... I think there was room for Marvel to sort of rework this story in a way that could have been a very interesting, like, subversion of a lot of these stereotypes. Obviously, Marvel's been around for 
decades, <laughs> there are plenty of very problematic versions of marginalized characters that, you know, were created, uh, particularly around the 60s. Killmonger from Black Panther was one character. Uh, if you look up his comic book character, it is very different. <laughs> um, uh, Shang-Chi, I also read an article about. I don't know as much about Shang-Chi's comic book history, but I think his father in particular embodied a lot of very like Orientalist stereotypes. Moon Knight even, uh, not so much the Jewish stereotypes, but definitely like a lot of the you know, Orientalism around Egyptian mythology and history. And when they made that show in particular, they did hire an Egyptology consultant and included Egyptian creators to work on the series. They did do this with like a lot of other series like Shang-Chi, um, Black Panther, obviously. So it's interesting that rather than kind of taking this route with the Maximoffs, they just cast two white actors and completely erase the fact that they're not supposed to be white they're not supposed to be yeah it's <laughs> so that was an interesting decision i think agreed <laughs> i don't know if interesting is the right word yeah <laughs> obviously there's also exceptions i do think people tend to forget dr strange was another movie that was like very heavily rooted in orientalism the comics are very heavily rooted in orientalism they still whitewashed the ancient one in the first movie which again people i think people forgot that very quickly but <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like to have that kind of history and that background and just not include it at all. I've always felt like Wanda's character in the MCU, um, who I, I love in a lot of ways, but I've always felt like she was sort of like a tack on. Like she's like, oh, we need yeah. this here now. But it's never like, it's always sort of like, it, that's the vibe I got anyway, that she, she was sort of, Oh, put her in there now. Uh, oh, take her out. She's not useful right now. But definitely <laughs> like, doesn't give her like a consistent storyline or like when they do with WandaVision, then the next thing is like WandaVision never happened. Um, I don't know. That's I've always yeah. felt like they sort of just use her however they need for usually the white man's story, the main white oh, male sure. character mm -hmm. hero. And she's just like, which I will say, I think that is an issue that started in the comics. Mm -hmm. You know, she was a character. She, again, it's a story written. It's was written by white men in the '60s, and she has a tendency to be very hypersexualized. She's been a love interest for basically every every male character. Um, she wasn't really created as like a feminist symbol. I think that is something that people kind of took on later, which again, I think that's really great. I think she is a character with a lot of potential, but I think it's interesting that instead of leaning into that potential, like Marvel has with some of their other characters, they've just kind of continued that narrative of her being this sort of like, almost like an object within, yeah, within other people's stories. Uh, there was another really interesting, kind of going back to the whole Romani representation piece uh, from that dissertation I mentioned earlier that Colbert had said, while revelation of her Roma origins may or may not lend itself to the quote-unquote mystical trope associated with the Roma, the fact remains that the writers of Marvel Comics created a superhero with Roma origins that remained un unacknowledged. Her backstory in the comics highlights the persecution and prejudice faced by her parents, who are both Roma and Jewish. Again, kind of going back to that earlier backstory, I think Magneto is a fantastic character to talk about anti-Semitism. Uh, 
But yeah, they, again, with, with Wanda's character, they just sort of moved on from that. Back to the quote. Despite her special powers, her backstory has the potential to highlight the history of the Roma people in a realistic way, bring their story into the notice of mainstream America and others worldwide. Again, her kind of identity is mutant and being kicked out of her town, her and Pietro. Again, Pietro is also whitewashed. <laughs> I feel like people focus a lot on Wanda, but again, Pietro is also Romani, also whitewashed. But their story of being kicked out of their town and persecuted for their mutant abilities really reflects that kind of history. When casting the movie, this character was cast as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman, a possible but not common look for the majority of Roma. I think also, again, with that, like, with a lot of the anti-Semitism too, you know, there is a discussion there, I think, to be had about, you know, obviously not ignoring the character's Jewish identity isn't the same thing as whitewashing, but it was a little weird to cast somebody who is, like, very, like, blonde hair, blue-eyed, kind of traditional European beauty standards-looking person. Especially, again, kind of going back to the whole history of witches and how a lot of those looks are rooted in anti-Semitism, but yeah. And also the weird back-and-forth accent. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. That, I don't, that was, <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> that was one of the most baffling things. I was like, why does she have an accent now? What's happening? Then she doesn't. Leave and then it. she does. And you're like, yeah. Okay. I, there was like a, I forgot where it was from, but there was an article I was reading about. It was like all the issues with WandaVision. And one of the ones they pointed out was like, there's like literally a line where like the Pietro comes in and he's like, what happened to your accent? And they're like, yeah, what did happen to her accent? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's odd. But okay. Next, I guess. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> but again, yeah, going going back to this, there was this Green Rant article um about this topic that pointed out that literally if Marvel had just picked a creative team that had Jewish and Romani women, maybe we would have gotten a more in-depth character. I honestly I might be wrong on this, don't quote me, but at least all of the Scarlet Witch comics that I've read have all been written by white men which I think is interesting. Some of them have been great stories, but I, I really do love her in uh, Young Avengers Children Crusade. Um, I really did love also the more recent 2015 Scarlet Witch run. But again, they're all stories written by white men, which, yeah, mm -hmm. there's going to be problems when that <laughs> happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, 
Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I, I think Wanda in particular is an interesting character to talk about when we talk about, like, witches in entertainment media. Because, again, there is that cultural history of ethnic minorities in particular being persecuted by witch hunters. I think when... One of the things that I found is... Because, obviously, like, the idea of a witch and, like, the the character trope of a witch is sort of having a resurgence and having, like, a positive resurgence. That being said, I think... Like, if I were to ask you guys to tell me what you think of when you think of, like, a witch, there's probably, like, two main mages that come to mind. One is sort of the, like, traditional, like, Disney villain evil witch. They're typically older. A lot of times, big nose, dark features, fun little intersection of, you know, misogyny and also racism and anti-Semitism. Um... And then the other side of it, I think, is, like, the newer trope, which is this, like, reclaimed feminist witch. Um, You know, you got, like, Sabrina and even, like, Hermione, the kind of, like, American horror story, Coven sort of thing, uh, which is usually younger, more conventionally attractive. And again, I think the MCU's portrayal of Wanda Maximoff very clearly falls into this, this sort of second category, Yes, so it's it's interesting. I think even with WandaVision, it was interesting because I think, to some extent, uh, Agatha sort of falls into the first category, yeah. <laughs> which, again, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, And, again, like the actress who plays her is white, and she's not Jewish, but she's, like, you know, a little bit older. She's got kind of 
She had, like, curly hair and, like, darker hair versus, like, the blonde, blue-eyed, younger woman who's, like, the good witch, Mm quote-unquote. Yeah. Now that you think about it, think about the witches that are in hiding. So they're very attractive when they're in hiding. And then when they reveal their true selves, they are that stereotype that you talked about. (laughs) So even today, like... The two opposites come together in one and like, okay, we're going to really go into it and say it's both of these things instead of having an in-between at all. Yeah, but now that you say that. <laughs> what's the, it's like the, um, the, the Mother Gothel from like Rapunzel, I feel like is always the fun one because I'm like, why is it that then when you, it's revealed she's older, she's, or she's, she's evil, you see that she's older and kind of right. less attractive. I had a bunch of people get mad at me on TikTok because I pointed out that a lot of the kind of evil female characters in Harry Potter, like if you think of like Bellatrix and all that, sort of fit more into the, you know, big curly hair and like something about whenever like they bring up that Snape has like a really big nose. I was like, all right, that's a weird thing versus, you know, I don't know, like Hermione and Ginny, who I love. They're great characters, but you know, they're definitely like the younger, attractive yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and then I think about the witch. The witch. Yeah. The oh, witch. Yeah. Annie's, the one witch. of Annie's favorite mm-hmm. movies. It's literally like she's pretty and then when she reveals herself the way she turns old very quickly. It's kinda of like, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that we've talked about that many times with like the fear of aging and the mm-hmm. ageism and, and, and all. being single. How wicked and evil. Don't you dare be single. single obviously. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Oh, even I mean all of those things. Even multiverse of madness, that was like one of the things when she the she starts getting evil and like her features oh. get sort of uglier and they do. her fingers were turning black and it was it was a lot of weird kind of her hair visual. gets like bigger too yeah 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 interesting <laughs> so again obviously i mean witchcraft is making a resurgence that like idea of identifying as witch is making a resurgence it's something that I think anybody should be able to reclaim. That's totally understandable. I love that kind of stuff. Like, I'll, you know, I love the whole witchy kind of spiritual stuff. But that being said, I, I think it is one of those things that I'm not seeing as many people kind of get into still unpacking, like, a lot of people's implicit biases when we come to What's a good witch versus a bad witch? <laughs> Who right. are we even centering in conversations about witchcraft uh, in the contemporary era? Like, even as, like, a spiritual practice, a lot of the times it's still white women. A lot of the times it's still younger white women. Yeah. So, there's a conversation there. Right. It's true. Um, I do think, like, a lot of this that you've talked about, no one really talks about. And I think... Uh, I was, of course, watching Hocus Pocus 2 the other day, and I had a moment of like, wow, you know, like, people died. <laughs> a lot of people died. Oh, my God, yeah. they were called witches. <laughs> and uh, we just sort of, I don't know, are just like, yeah, but I like, I like witches. So I get, like, you embracing it, too, but I think it is important to remember the history behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's definitely, it's interesting, and I think I'm on, like witch talk on TikTok a lot. <laughs> and it's it's interesting because I think there's two sides of it. There's a lot of people that are still, you know, with any community, there's, we live in a pretty white supremacist world. People are going to have racist biases. People are going to have sexist biases. People are going to have ageist biases, heteronormative, all of that. I think 
again, I'm on TikTok a lot. So I think I, <laughs> I have been seeing more and more of people like calling it out and kind of wanting to start those conversations. But yeah, even Hocus Pocus, that's another one where it's like they're older and they've got these, I don't know, they're they're <laughs> not traditionally attractive, quote unquote, women, um, I guess, except for Sarah Jessica Parker. But yeah, it's it's those that part of the the narrative still exists. And I think it's interesting. Right. It's interesting mm-hmm. that people don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, the conversation itself is that even within communities that want to be progressive and or counterculture in, in some way, it still has a lot of problematic in- situations. The origins of witchcraft came back from the racist ideals of uh, uh, enslaved people's practices, like when we look deep, deeper and deeper into like the origi- originations of who's claiming what, and because it became popular at some point in time, white people took it over and said, this is what we did. And they're like, oh, you're being racist because you're, again, discon- discounting where it came from, the origination, mm-hmm. why it was needed, why it was practiced. And you're taking from someone's lifestyle and calling it evil because that's what you want to inherently call it. And then you're embracing it, making it even worse. So there's this whole level of connotation when it comes to the origination of where did this come from and why did we claim it evil? Where did this come from? And when we try to reclaim it, and I say we in that I don't necessarily claim to be into witchcraft or anything. I'm also, I've seen a lot of witch talk and I love it. I'm like, yeah, give me all of that. Um, but like in understanding that reclaiming something but ignoring the actual fact and the behind the scenes is as problematic as as anything else. And that's that bigger conversation because, yeah, it became a thing to target women, but where it came from was to evil um, and, and to belittle and to diminish marginalized people like the enslaved people to begin with. So it just began as a whole bad racist practice, began to add to the misogyny of like, okay, we can use this against women. Let's do it this way to now, oh, we're going to reclaim it. But this again, it's problematic because you're ignoring the origination of what this conversation is. So not only are you insulting (laughs) what may should have been the story to begin with, whatever that original story is, but you're also, uh, insulting the origination and the downfalls and uh, the trauma that it has caused because people want to claim this to be one way or another and then whitewashing that and then making it a hobby. Like, it's just so deep into what this conversation could be. And then having this here, like, we can't even enjoy it to reclaim it because you are ignoring and dismissing who it should be by and who it was made for. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think definitely, I mean, I I touched on this very briefly, but also something that I found really interesting is also the anti-Semitism aspect of it. And I think this is also why, like, even though Wanda was never a very, she was never the same level as, like, Magneto or even, like, other characters. Like, even Wiccan, her son, is, like, very, very Jewish, um, which... That's another story, which part of that's because he's raised with another family. We're not going to get into that now. But anyways, I think <laughs> I've always been very, like, very attached to Wanda being a Jewish character because I think people tend to forget the fact that anti-Semitism was a huge factor in the witch hunt. Um, again, I totally respect people that practice Wicca. I think it's a really interesting religion. Um there is a huge history of anti-Semitism and cultural appropriation from a lot of Jewish practices and the kind of erasure of the 
fact that anti-Semitism, again, was a huge factor in the witch hunts uh, that, you know, is a part of Wicca and is part of the history of that practice. Um, that, again, I think there's more and more people kind of speaking up about it, more and more individual creators, but it's still something that all of these things go hand in hand. Like, it's... Right. Everything's intersectional. Yeah. Right. It is it's a layer upon layer. And that maybe the very reason why they didn't focus on Scarlet Witch being uh, Jewish, because they're like, we can't add too many layers for her. She's a woman yeah. now, and she's Romani, <laughs> so we're going I, to leave it at that. Keep everything so quieter. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was... It was really weird. So when I <laughs> when I talk about them taking away her Jewish identity, they never they put there's one shot in Civil War where they put a cross in her broom. And it's really weird because it's really subtle, but it was like, why why did you do that? Like why that was an intentional thing to do. Also, right. I mean, the other side of it, technically they changed their back. I get that they had to change their backstories to make it, you know, fit into the MCU canon, but they had Pietro and Wanda join a Nazi group, despite the fact that, again, in the comics, their parents are Holocaust survivors, which... Interesting decision. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I that That's another one that I think I, I don't see people talking about as much, but that was definitely one that I was like, huh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, Yeah. There's a lot of decisions here that I'm confused <laughs> by. Question, questioning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. definitely. We're speaking of, one of the things we talked about pretty briefly in our America Chavez episode with you and then also uh, Multiverse of Madness is this idea of like once a woman becomes too powerful, uh, like she cannot handle it. Um, <laughs> and that, that goes hand in hand with, I think, a lot of the tropes we get about witches, too, is, like, they get too much power, and then they're dangerous, and now they're evil, and all of that stuff. So, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes, definitely. Um, so, first off, we have MCU Wanda, which you guys have already talked about Multiverse of Madness. That was a whole mess. There was a... Uh, a Wired article about Multiverse of Madness that I found that had a really interesting quote where they compared her to Jean Grey in the X-Men, which is another character that um, is very subject to a lot of the women can't be trusted with power. Um, but yeah, they they pointed out the fact that Wanda's story is very similar to Jean's story in the Dark Phoenix saga, particularly um, the whole, yeah, again, they, they, the article said, Powerful women just can't be trusted. You never know what they're going to do is sort of the takeaway from both of those storylines. The article also pointed out, you know, obviously Wanda in the comics was subject to a lot of this, uh, similar to what she was in the movies. House of M is an interesting series. It came out in 2005. It was written by Brian Michael Bendis. This is... it. it served a lot of the inspiration for WandaVision and for uh, Multiverse Madness, which I think is really interesting. Basically, the series takes place after Wanda. Again, she creates these children sort of similar to WandaVision and then loses them in a very similar fashion. She suffers from a little bit of a mental breakdown, which I argue, I mean, I think that's 
totally understandable. <laughs> but again, it's one of those, it, it does like delve a little bit into the like female hysteria sort of thing. And because she has these powers that are getting out of control, some of the Avengers and some of the X-Men uh, talk about maybe, maybe just killing her. Like maybe just, and her father, Magneto, and her brother, Quicksilver, kind of overhear this and get her to create this false reality where mutants are the ruling class, Magneto's king of the whole world, apparently. Also, interestingly, it's like this kind of world where a lot of other characters get their, like, quote-unquote, idealized lives. So they show Spider-Man in particular. He lives in a world where he's famous and Gwen Stacy's alive and they're married and they have a kid. Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, actually, she was originally Miss Marvel. This is the first time we see her as Captain Marvel. She's a much, much more, like, independent character. Um, this aspect of the story I actually really love. I, I have mixed feelings about House of M. I think it's an interesting story. It does, it, it gets into a lot of misogyny sort of stuff, but I think the whole, like, idealized reality stuff is really interesting, which I think WandaVision, that was something I liked about WandaVision, I think was really cool. But again... It ends a bit weirdly. Wanda kind of realizes what happened and the sort of illusion ends and she casts this spell that if you've ever seen the like no more mutants thing in relation to her character, this is what it's from. She takes away the powers of a lot of mutants, basically, uh, like the majority of mutants in the world, which leads to chaos. This eventually leads to the Avengers disassembling and Wanda disappears at the end of it. Again, they kind of did this to, like, set up a lot of other stuff. This is, like, what sets up Young Avengers and sets up a lot of the, like, darker Avengers sort of plot lines that happened in the 2000s, which, you know... But yeah, but it, but it, the main criticism I've seen of it is the fact that it definitely delves into, like, a lot of the, like, female hysteria. Um, Wanda's, you know, too powerful for her own good, she can't control these powers. She's very easily manipulated by uh, her father and her brother to create this world where, you know, all this happens. And then in response to seeing what happened, just decides to take away everybody's powers instead of like, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting story. <laughs> but yeah, it um, the Wired article that I mentioned earlier pointed out the fact that a lot of the movies have kind of delved into that aspect of the story where it's it's very rooted in like Wanda can't control her own powers she's like should we trust her even like going back to like Civil War I remember that was like a big thing was like oh Wanda's like a weapon she's not a human and again I mean this was a comic book series that came out 20 years ago they've written a lot of stuff since then that's really re redeemed Wanda's character um and the article pointed this out saying Multiple creators spent years redeeming the comic book Wanda and everything from Avengers Children Crusade to the Trial of the Scarlet Witch. However, on screen, Wanda's stuck in the same hero-turned-villain sort of limbo. Uh, again, the article states, it just seems unnecessary. They could have just let her be a hero. She's already proven herself to be. Again, she starts off as an anti-hero, so it seemed weird to delve back into the, like, now she's a villain. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. One of the other things about what Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision, I think that's interesting, that doesn't actually come from the comics. I think this is something the movies do a bit more. There's the separation between witchcraft and sorcery, which is interesting because witchcraft obviously has like a feminine connotation. That is portrayed as evil. There's like a line that Wong has where he's like, this isn't sorcery, like this is witchcraft. And it's like, that's how you know it's evil versus sorcery, which is more or less the same thing, except it has a masculine connotation. So that's okay. Uh, So that's, again, like an interesting kind of, again, unpacking the whole cultural narrative behind what's witchcraft versus sorcery or warlocks versus witches versus sorcerers, all that. Yeah. I didn't even get that line. That makes me mad. (laughs) Damn it, Wong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even realize. You know, I think one of the things that disappointed me about, there's many things about uh, Multiverse of Madness, it's because it felt like in WandaVision, 
they addressed her grief pretty well. And that was one of the big things. Like, a lot of people came out with, like, I really felt every word she says and lost, like, losing a spouse or a loved one, feeling that angst and, and making those mistakes and trying to undo those mistakes, but at the same time, understanding that this is how I feel and the emptiness without being cheesy. And then they come back to this and be like, eh, not that grief can't be always, like, fluctuating because it it is a constant for sure but the way they ended it was like such a level of like man why (laughs) (laughs) no for sure I again like I I get the criticism of House of M I think there's a lot of like kind of problematic descriptions of like women with power that being said even that comic book series I feel like they gave Wanda a little bit more of like like she's a more likable character in that because it it does also show that she's grieving it does show that she's being manipulated by the male people like the the men in her life right. and i think it compared to multiverse of madness yeah multiverse of madness it was just i don't know it was, it, a thing. I, it, was it was a thing <laughs> it was a thing yeah um out of curiosity in the comics mm-hmm. is scarlet witch still around she is yes okay. she again she's she's one of those characters i think she she shows up in a lot of different stuff cuz she there was i know she was in a there was a, a big X-Men event recently that was... Uh, oh. oh. Gosh, I have not been following comics as much as I should be, but... Oh, terrible. Um, <laughs> I think there was like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, she <laughs> she did uh, show up in some... It, despite the fact that she's not a mutant now, she still shows up in X-Men stuff. Um, again, there was that series in 2015, that, the Scarlet Witch series that I think sort of set up her character going forward. I know she's appeared in, like, because, again, her son Wiccan has been in a lot more stuff recently. She's appeared as, like, kind of a background character a couple different times. You know, she's still sort of a mentor to him. Uh, That actually, that's one of the, I I really want Marvel to do more of, kind of going back to the whole, like, usually there's the older male characters that's the mentor to, like, the young female character. I, I think, you know, I would love if Marvel did more of, like, Wanda and Billy's relationship and how she kind of because personally I think he should be the next Scarlet Witch um <laughs> but I yeah again <laughs> like I I think that definitely is something I want to see them explore more but yeah she she appears in stuff I don't know if she has a solo series going on right now but yeah she's still okay. she's still out there and right now her character is witch not mutant Yes. Not the daughter of Magneto? Not the daughter of Magneto. <laughs> not a mutant. Okay. Just okay. a witch. Just checking. Coming back I don't know if currently. they changed it. Because, I mean, I, I, I guess then her kids also aren't mutants now. But I don't know if they've ever officially okay. canonized that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sort of caught up. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing little check-ins like, okay, let me see. Just... Making sure. Let me make sure I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's so complicated, though, because it, it does depend on, like, when you read the comics, what comics you've read. <laughs> As we talked about, headcanon can very much be a thing. So I've I've definitely gotten in conversations with people where I'm like, we're we talking about the same character, and they're just coming from, yeah. it, from a different <laughs> perspective oh my gosh. than I am. <laughs> Wanda's definitely one of those characters, too, that I feel like a lot of Scarlet Witch fans are like, 90% of the stuff written about her is terrible. <laughs> they, she is treated terribly. We're just going to ignore that. Um, yeah. which, I'm totally that. on board for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
It's so funny. Oh People, mm-hmm. I used to, um, I still sometimes do, but I, I, when mm-hmm. I go to conventions, I would frequently go as the Winter Soldier. And people will mm-hmm. come up to me with, like, questions about, like, very specific romantic storylines and where do I think it falls there and very specific other storylines and what do you think about this version versus <laughs> this version? And I'm like, look, <laughs> I, I'm wearing the costume, but <laughs> you can have your own opinions. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to back away yeah, now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they say the little words to me, and then I just run away. <laughs> and then I run away. I will say, yes. she and she and Vision are no longer together in the comics. I Vision dies similar to as he does in the movies. Okay. Again, that kind of is also some of the lead-up to her whole House of M storyline. He has been brought back to life now, and has they they gave him like a robot family basically he's like doing his own thing i yeah. i don't think wanda's kind of moved on which i liked them together they were cute i also think i yeah like they they both sort of are doing their own things now <laughs> that was probably like interesting my biggest issue with wandavision which i did like but mm-hmm. they never give women in the MCU I mean, as generally has been the case, they never give women any, like, character growth. So I was like, wait a minute, they're just together, and now I'm supposed to be so sad (laughs) that he died? And we barely gave them any time. You just kind of told me they were together. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we started recording, we were talking about some stuff going on, uh, in the future, some things that are happening now that have started a lot of conversations. Uh, can you talk about that for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, again, kind of, I've been jumping around a lot, but going back to the whole Wanda being one of their first, or was supposed to be one of their first Jewish characters, and then deciding not to do that. I think the fact that Wanda's Judaism has been erased, I've definitely been seeing that more talked about lately than the Romani erasure. I'm Part of that is, you know, racism. But <laughs> part of that also, I think, is uh, there, you know, Moon Knight recently came out. That is another really explicitly Jewish character. They actually did show that he's Jewish. Um, personally, I thought that was a great show. I thought they did a great job. I know other people have had criticisms, but I don't know. I thought it was fine. Um, but there was also recently a TikTok from the Washington Post TikTok account that talked about uh, the kind of lack of Jewish representation Marvel has and how, like, compared to the fact that uh, Marvel was created by uh, Jewish writers and artists and it has a lot of roots in Jewish culture, uh, Jewish American culture, they haven't really, you know, had a lot of Jewish characters. Again, I think this is, like, a more complicated issue because I think people have a tendency to want to, like, simplify everything to, like, oh, it's whitewashing or it's the same thing it's it's not the same thing as whitewashing obviously like whitewashing comes from the fact that it's very hard for people of color to get the same roles in hollywood as white actors uh white jewish actors don't have that problem there are you know scarlett johansson paul rudd they're jewish they're in the mcu they play major characters um there are yeah, it's not it's not the same as whitewashing which i i don't know i think again that is something that i i've been seeing well-meaning, like, TikTok creators and, like, Twitter stuff about it, but I, it's, it's not the same thing. That being said, obviously, like I said before, there are issues with 
erasing the oneness Jewishness and having her be part of a Nazi organization and all this um, kind of stuff. Uh, Marvel's response to that recently has been to announce their first uh, canonically Jewish character in their movies. Again, they had Moon Knight already in the TV shows, but in their movies. Um, and of all the characters, they decided to go with Sabra, who was a very strange choice for a lot of reasons. Um, Sabra was a character created. She is, she's a mutant technically. I think she, uh, she's a Mossad agent. She works with the Israeli government. She is kind of supposed to be the Israeli version of Captain America. Her comic book character is very explicitly racist. Um, there have been plenty of, you know, people on, on Twitter and TikTok and all that now that have pulled up specific comic book panels of her saying incredibly racist thing about Arab people, about Palestinian people, which is not good. She also, you know, she she was a very Zionist character. I, it's It was a strange decision, I think, particularly right now to... Yeah, again, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> problematic character. Um, was definitely... There was a lot of controversy when they announced that... Uh, character there uh, marvel has claimed that they're taking a like new approach quote-unquote to the character which again earlier they have other characters that they've like rehabilitated and sort of taken away some of the racist stereotypes but i think again in this issue it's not that she's embodying stereotypes it's that she's like saying a lot of very racist things in the comics. So it's, yeah, again, I, I don't understand why they decided to do this. I My expectations are pretty low for Marvel and th what they do in terms of representation. They somehow managed to, like, dig even lower. So, <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I'm... That'll be interesting. I'll, I'll very... Uh, interested to see what they do with that movie <laughs> i don't know if i'm excited but i'm definitely interested <laughs> oh, <sure. Yeah. laughs> we'll be back talking about it oh, we'll be gosh. back yeah oh, but yes no. again i think that it just it was it was very strange to see again i think wanda maxwell is probably the easiest character to criticize just because they so explicitly so explicitly took away her jewish background but it was it was interesting to see their response to that being we're gonna put it's not like they don't have Jewish characters. They have Jewish characters mm -hmm. they could have used, but uh they went with like the one that probably aged the uh poorest. And it wasn't even it was still problematic back then. That's not even to like, yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, this is one of the times I'm like, listeners, you need to see the facial expressions that we've gone through in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just I there's a lot of grimacing. Think, mm -hmm. Again, my expectations for Marvel are low. I this was one of the things that they announced, and I was just like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> this seems like it should have been so obviously not the move. But yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see in the future. We'll also see what they do with Wanda in the MCU, because like I said, I'm not, sh I'm mm -hmm. unclear on whether she's alive or dead right now, but. Mm -hmm. um. I think, I don't know, the the rumors are that she's coming back. I we think so, because she body. signed like a seven-year contract yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> Elizabeth Olsen seems to be very enthusiastic about playing her, so I think I think she'll come back. But yeah, it, it, we'll see where they go. We'll see where they go I, with it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've come two full circles of her like dealing with grief and hopefully <laughs> healing somewhat. So maybe we'll see another. <laughs> I don't know. Well, something. Yeah. Yeah, that will be for future us to talk about on this podcast. Um, thank you so much, Joey, for stopping by. For sure. You are <laughs> our resident Marvel expert now. So any course, any topics that you want to come back for? <laughs> <laughs> Samantha's just going to start sending you random messages like, tell me what this is. <laughs> yeah, I will officially start like emailing you too. Like, what of is course. happening and why? <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be so random. That's my favorite part is it's out of the blue and you're like, okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes. Because I'm always like several weeks to maybe months behind. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. It'll be late. I haven't even started with She-Hulk, so wait for that. Oh, yeah. After the highs of that. I, I'm confused at this point. With I, they're, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot right now. They're doing a lot. Well, where can the good listeners find you, Joey? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PatNotPrat. That's P-A-T-T-N-O-T-P-R-A-T-T. Uh, my last name is Pat, and it is frequently misspelled as Pratt, so that's where you'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And I look forward to seeing some of the pictures from Comic-Con. Oh, for sure. Yes. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and listeners, if you want to contact us, you can. Our email is at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff One Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.